Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Countdown with Keith Olbermann is a production of iHeartRadio. The defendant is still free, despite having violated Judge Juan Mershon's instructions to refrain from insightful hate speech six hours after he received them. If targeting the judge, the judge's daughter, the district attorney, and the district attorney's wife for stochastic terrorism were somehow not enough, the defendant moved on yesterday to calling for defunding law enforcement and the criminal investigation force in this nation, a nation which has had five different lowbrow television series named after CSI, Crime Scene Investigation, and seven different lowbrow television series called Law and Order. And for some reason, the Republicans not only can't figure out why America perceives them as giving a mixed message on crime, we're against it, but we're also against prosecuting it, and we insist the defendant has the right to commit it at any time, day or night. Not only that, but the Republicans can't understand how they could have lost control of the Wisconsin Supreme Court and not won the mayor's race in Chicago the same day Trump was arrested. The GOP has been dining out for eight years now on its own false beliefs that it is invincible politically because it has cornered the market on America's stupid people without ever accepting what is for them the terrifying realization that a lot of those folks out of necessity, are getting smarter and smarter every day and seeing the Republican House of Cards con game for what it really is. Quote, Republicans in Congress should defund the DOJ and FBI until they come to their senses. The Democrats have totally weaponized law enforcement in our country and are viciously using this abuse of power to interfere with our already under siege elections. Wait, what? The Democrats have totally weaponized law enforcement? He wants to take away law enforcement's weapons, too? What an idiot the defendant actually is. One of the few things the Republicans have made stick to the Democrats in the last three years is, quote, defund the police, unquote. And this blithering moron says defund the DOJ and FBI. I mean, Ronna Romney was talking yesterday about how overturning Roe v. Wade probably cost them Wisconsin. And to protect his own useless fat ass, the defendant still went ahead and completely muddied up 
The Republicans won functioning fountain of fear-mongering and made it look like the Democrats are the ones who are tough on crime. Keep talking, defendant. The defendant always does self-destructive things, even in the context of the world of lemmings that is the Republican Party. He does them when he panics, and he may be panicking now because he or somebody near him may have noticed what 99% of the news media not only missed in Alvin Bragg's indictment, but which they had boasted was not in Alvin Bragg's indictment. I told you there were reliable source stories suggesting one of the crimes Bragg would allege was tax evasion. What happened Tuesday? The networks and nearly every newspaper said in one voice, there's no tax evasion in here. Even though in his written statement of facts released alongside the 34 counts, Bragg wrote, the participants also took steps that mischaracterized for tax purposes the true nature of the payments made in furtherance of the scheme. Charlie Savage of the New York Times recognized that, even if thousands didn't. Savage wrote that as shaky as the vague and unspecified theories of defrauding voters and interfering in the election might be legally, quote, prosecutors claimed Trump falsified business records in part for a plan to deceive state tax authorities. Savage also got the former New York State prosecutor, Rebecca Roif, to provide this analysis. It turns out, she said, the indictment also includes a claim that Trump falsified records to commit a state tax crime. That's much simpler charge that avoids the potential pitfalls, she added. At this point, one would think somebody in the Republican congressional leadership would be looking at the realities of the defendant getting arrested and say, sure, it increases his martyrdom. Sure, it increases his anger. Sure, the idiots love him when he's angry and paranoid. But then that person should be noting that unless it is dismissed, the case is going to sit there indefinitely like a pile of rotting meat all spring. All summer, all autumn, all winter, throughout the primary debates, throughout the first primaries, throughout Lord knows how much of 2024. And the part about tax evasion is not going to get dismissed. And it is really easy to understand, even for Republicans. And it is really easy for Democrats to exploit. Somebody in GOP House leadership should be saying, why, again, do we want to keep people thinking the defendant was arrested, the defendant faces 34 counts, the defendant faces tax evasion, maybe the defendant had a love child? Hey, maybe, uh, Kevin, we should pass on this one. They would do that if they're smart, which they're not. Jim Jordan goes on Fox and says he'll be meeting soon with Kevin McCarthy and Jamie Comer as to how to go full speed ahead on investigating Alvin Bragg. Jim Jordan and Kevin McCarthy and Jamie Comer are one too many to actually be Thelma and Louise going off the cliff. But you get the idea. It's such a bad idea for the Republicans. You wonder if some Democrat should be saying to Bragg, uh, Mr. District Attorney, could you go and testify? This will let us do a mini trial of Trump on your charges against him. Only we can do it during hearings of the House Oversight Committee. Come on down to D.C. and we can take take on the defendant and blow him up. Blow him up good. Blow him up real good. And oh, by the way, the defendant's plan to get a change of venue, change of prosecutor, change of judge, get the whole thing dismissed. The latest from Joey Tax, Joe Tacopina, the 10 billion lawyers have so far, after his arrest, after his indictment, filed one motion. One motion to let the defendant skip the next hearing in December. Nothing about dismissal, recusal, or venue. Meanwhile, back at the special counsel's ranch. Unclear which is the bigger news, just the fact that two of the henchmen at the Department of Homeland Security under the defendant, Chad Wolf and his deputy, the infamous fascist journeyman Ken Cuccinelli, have already testified to Jack Smith's grand jury. Is that the big news? Or is the fact that they told the grand jurors that they had to repeatedly tell Trump in November and December of 2020 
that he did not have the authority and the government did not have the authority to seize voting machines and that there was no need to because there was nothing wrong with the voting machines. The idea that the defendant wanted to, that he wanted Homeland Security to do that, or the CIA, or the FBI, or the military, or Rudy Giuliani personally, that's not new. The rumor leaked out beforehand, in real time, and right afterwards. But there is something manifestly more disturbing about hearing of it on the record about the defendant. It underscores the point to which we have all adjusted at one time or another since 2017, to which we should never adjust. The defendant is a creature dedicated to exploiting the openness, the generosity, and the weaknesses of our democratic process in order to let him destroy our democratic process. Whenever someone tries to rationalize his candidacy, his presidency, his actions, remember that there is only one motive and only one thought in his head. If I do X, Y, or Z, my chances increase of becoming president and staying president until I die. I have said this before, and I will say it again. The defendant is not Hitler 1940, not even close, but he is Hitler 1933. And just like the actual Hitler, he would do anything they'd let him get away with in order to become Hitler 1940. Robert O'Brien, the former defendant's national security advisor, also talked to federal prosecutors earlier this year in what is described as a closed door interview. Same topic, seizing voting machines, including the infamous December 18th, 2020, Sidney Powell and Michael Flynn meeting in which they proposed declaring martial law and collecting voting machines from key states around the country under the pretext that a foreign government had tampered with the balloting. CNN reports all these men, O'Brien, Wolf, and Cuccinelli, may now have to go back to the grand jury and testify again because the courts have ruled against the defendant's claims of executive privilege, and what Smith's prosecutors can now ask them about has been broadly expanded. Cuccinelli, in fact, was seen going back to the grand jury room on Tuesday of this week. And they are not just there to put on the record that the defendant was willing to do this. Unfortunately, the defendant cannot be arrested again merely for wanting to become a dictator or for merely drafting executive orders to seize stuff, orders that were never carried out. What Smith thinks he can do, however, is to establish that while the defendant examined options for overturning the election, he already knew he had lost and that his continuing claims that he believed otherwise were false. In that case, if the rigged election claims and the efforts to overthrow the government like January 6th are reduced slightly from attempted coup to something much more easily prosecuted, conspiracy to defraud the government of the United States, it's time for another arrest-a-palooza. In his interview with prosecutors, O'Brien said he told the defendant there was no evidence of election fraud nor foreign tampering with voting machines. If the defendant acted anyway, his defense that being wrong is not a criminal offense is erased. It is a criminal offense. It will be intriguing to see whether one of those guys or another former prostitute for the defendant happens to be there at the right hour to run into Mike Pence testifying. This greasiest of Republicans got on Tuesday the fig leaf he needed, a federal judge ordering him to testify to the special counsel's grand jury with certain exclusions about what he did while performing the role of president of the Senate. Yesterday, Pence took the opportunity of the giant black hole of news coverage that swallowed everything but the defendant's arrest to reveal he would not take the matter further in the courts. He would not appeal. Pence will testify. He will give the defendant up to the grand jurors. What's intriguing is that the same order to testify covers aides like Mark Meadows and Dan Scavino, and Washington was alive with rumors yesterday that those two scum may go to the grand jury and invoke their Fifth Amendment rights against self-incrimination, which is Mark Meadows and Dan Scavino in a nutshell. Lastly, in a sign of absolute Republican desperation... It appears, per CBS News, that Steve Bannon has talked a one-time big-name Democrat into launching a primary bid against President Biden. I mean, besides Marianne Williamson. The filing is in. It is one of the saddest things I have ever read. 
the would-be upset Democratic nominee for president is Robert F. Kennedy Jr. After the 2004 election, when I questioned why several Ohio vote-counting centers declared terror emergencies on election night and expelled the press and the multi-party onlookers from the actual vote-counting, I got a call the next day from RFK Jr. He said, I was his hero. I knew then he was exaggerating, but just to know that the son of a man who tried to save this country when I was a kid from Vietnam and racism and Richard Nixon, all in 1968, that his son thought of me in any terms like that was overwhelming and encouraging. Besides which, Kennedy had also fought valiantly for the Hudson River, which I grew up along. We met once after that at a baseball game. We had a spectacular conversation, and he was my entree to meet his Uncle Ted, who was a regular viewer, and whose own son came up to me the day before the first Obama inauguration and said that his ailing father had hoped to attend the event we were at, but that he needed to save his strength, but that he had sent me a message along with his son. Dad says to tell you you are now his primary news source. He watches you every night at least once. I was speechless. Of course, that means there's a downside to this, Ted Jr. added with a laugh. The second half of Dad's message to you was, so tell Keith, don't F it up. Anyway, around that time, something went wrong, and Bobby Jr. became a one-topic nut job. For 10 or 15 years, he has sunk further and further into the pit of anti-vaccine conspiracy theories, culminating in a book he wrote which slanders Dr. Anthony Fauci. It was the year before last. And now Steve Bannon has positioned Bobby Kennedy Jr. as a, quote, chaos agent, unquote, in the middle of the Democratic field. It is almost certain that the only one Bobby will actually damage is himself. But what a sad, sad ending to become a stalking horse for the defendant's pimp in a bid to end American democracy. Well, I was going to leave it there, but I just can't. I want to offer a minor news item containing both hope and despair. Almost by chance, since it ran in the middle of the night here, I happened to see live the farewell address by the former Prime Minister of New Zealand, Jacinda Ardern. It was the happiest political speech I have ever heard. On her last day in Parliament before she leaves politics, Jacinda Ardern basically conducted a roast of everybody else in Parliament. She must have had 60 laugh lines in 30 minutes. The speech was warm and wise and with heart-on-the-sleeve good humor. This was a prime minister who resigned, who ended her political career in hopes of turning down rising temperatures in her nation's political kitchen. Imagine if we had anybody like that here. This was a prime minister whose final words were a pitch to the ordinary citizens of her nation to try to get elected to parliament. She said, quote, you can be anxious, sensitive, kind, and wear your heart on your sleeve. You can be a mother or not, an ex-Mormon or not, a nerd, a crier, a hugger. You can be all of these things. And not only can you be here, you can lead. Imagine if we had anybody like that here. And when she was done, she hugged. She hugged every other member of the New Zealand parliament. I mean, every last one of them. They lined up for it. Except for a couple of them on the side who were busy singing native Maori songs while doing native Maori dances. Imagine if we had anybody like that here. Jacinda Ardern's speech took place just five hours after that of the defendant, albeit on the other side of the world and figuratively in another world altogether. The contrast cannot be measured by any means available to the greatest computer on the earth today. Imagine if we had anybody like that here. I don't know. I'm confident we'd get a no. But I think we should make her an offer. 
still ahead on this edition of Countdown. I'm willing to take a bullet for Trump because he's willing to take a bullet for me. Somebody actually said this seriously in a political show. Also said he was Christ-like. No, Jesus Christ, not some other guy named Christ. That 10 million that the defendant has raised since his arrest, here's a shocker. That's not actually a lot in GOP presidential fundraising. Details ahead. And this was the day Van Jones became an idiot. Yes, CNN's official moron has done it again. Worst persons next. This is Countdown. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in education into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. This is Countdown with Keith Olbermann. Time now for the daily roundup of the miscreants, morons, and Dunning-Kruger effect specimens who constitute today's worst persons in the world. And it's a theme episode. See if you can spot the theme. The bronze, everybody saying that the arrest brought the defendant an amazing fundraising windfall, so it was a bad idea. The last figure I could find was they're claiming he raised $10 million from it. $10 million. But Fox, quote, news, unquote, reports that Nikki Haley's presidential campaign, which starts with two things Republican voters will never accept in their presidential candidate. She's a she, and her parents emigrated from somewhere else. I don't care. Obviously, the racist, sexist Republicans obviously will. Fox reports in the first six weeks of her campaign, Nikki Haley raised 11 million, which is more than 10 million. LeBron's Anna Perez, who is a spokesmodel who does one of those streaming shows. It's called Wrong Think on yet another Fox knockoff called LFA TV which I had never heard of until I wrote this. It stands for Live from America Television. Anna Perez has now explained that she would take a bullet for Trump. Quote, why? Because President Trump would take a bullet for me. President Trump is taking a bullet for me. President Trump is prepared to take a bullet for all of us. What he's doing is actually Christ-like, unquote. President Trump is taking a bullet for me, she says. Well, as the cliche goes, video or it didn't happen. Secondly, the defendant would not take a bullet for his wife and all four of his children. Bullet. Bullet? 
Hell, he wouldn't take a hangnail for his wife and all four of his children. Anna Perez of Wrong Think. At least they chose an apt name for her show. But our winner, Van Jones of CNN, he has been there for a decade now, starting on Crossfire, which with Van as the liberal host in its 25th year was canceled within the year. Van has defended Tulsi Gabbard. He's famously the one who followed the defendant's speech to the House and Senate in February 2017 by saying, quote, he became president of the United States in that moment, period. What I'm saying is Van just isn't very bright. Sure enough, during the arrest Tuesday, Van Jones says, quote, he looks sad. I don't like the prison system, so I don't like this process. As if the defendant were within a million miles of actually going to prison. Then the piece de resistance from Van Jones. Quote, doesn't mean that accountability is not owed, but that is a granddad having a very bad day. A granddad? A granddad? Go ask Trump the names of his children. Not his grandchildren. Ask him the names of his children. And he'll say, uh, Don Jr., uh, other Don Jr., girl Don Jr., and uh, uh, Marla's kid. Van, this is the moment in which Trump became granddad, period, Jones. Today's worst person in the world. All right, as you may know, this is the fifth countdown podcast of this week. There were two on Tuesday. It was unavoidable given the arrest, and I appreciate you taking the time to listen to all of them. There are consequences, though, to doing two of these in a day and three in like 26 hours. I'm about to run out of gas here. One of the nice things, though, about podcasting is you get a very precise information lot about how many people listen to podcast A and then how many also listened after listening to podcast A to podcast B, etc. What I found is from Tuesday's post-arrest wrap-up, which went out at 6.30 Eastern, not everybody who listened to that also listened to Wednesday's call to have Judge Marchand jail him for violating the tone down the rhetoric request and vice versa. Now, if you have listened to both, there is no reason to keep listening to this podcast. As I always say, I won't take it personally. The rest of it is a rerun. Tomorrow, I'll be back with a full new episode. But for now, I want to replay the Trump segments from each of those other two in chronological order. So here's what dropped right after the defendant got pinched. Tuesday, 6.30 p.m. Eastern. Too brief 45 minutes this afternoon, the dark and threatening streets of the American hellscape were a little safer, a little brighter. And then they let Donald Trump leave the courthouse, perhaps to the eternal regret of mankind. On this day of Trump arraignment syndrome, my ex-landlord has been charged with 34 counts of felony falsification of business records, each one part of a conspiracy to unlawfully, quote, influence the 2016 presidential election. That is the headline. Trump is being charged not just with falsifying business records, but with falsifying business records in order to illegally influence the 2016 presidential election election. Trump is being prosecuted for election interference. Trump, or as we may now call him, the defendant, said nothing in New York. All we saw was him scowling on the way into the courtroom, then peering through bloodshot eyes towards the judge, then the always alarming shot of his hairstyle as seen from the vantage point of the back of his head as he left for LaGuardia, where alone and without the former first lady, the Flotus for some reason, oh right, sorry, Trump slowly climbed the stairs of the jetway and for a brief moment his flapping extra, 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 extra long red tie teased us with the thought that it might finally get caught in his plane's rear wing horizontal stabilizer. 
Trump is being charged not for the payoff to Stormy Daniels, nor in a new development for a $30,000 payoff to a Trump Tower doorman who thought he knew something about a child Trump had fathered out of wedlock. That's right, the case now has a once-rumored Trump love child. No, Trump is not being charged for love or money. He's being charged for, as the DA said, trying to illegally influence the 2016 presidential election, and in doing so, violating New York state election law to conspire to promote a candidate by unlawful means and exceeding the political contribution cap by paying to suppress the Stormy Daniels story to deceive the public. Trump has been indicted 34 felonies for trying to defraud and to conceal a separate crime when he reimbursed his lawyer Michael Cohen in a deal prosecutors alleged was reached inside the Oval Office to hide those Daniels payments as legitimate business expenses for legal services. And if those business expenses are business expenses. America is in a new and different world of hiring porn stars so their services can help you write off. And at the exact hour that Trump was entering the 15th floor courthouse at 100 Center Street in Manhattan, his sons were sharing on several social media sites a British tabloid story about the daughter of the judge in the case, complete with her photo, doxing her and launching a phony conspiracy theory that because of her work with a digital firm that worked with the Kamala Harris and Joe Biden presidential campaigns, this is... As Donald Trump in his paranoia and megalomania believes everything else in the history of the world is a plot against him. They doxed the judge's daughter. While Junior and Fredo were posting, the district attorney's office was handing out multiple copies in the courtroom of the various online threats of violence and terrorism that Trump has made in the days and weeks leading up to today. The baseball bat image, the death and destruction warning, calling the district attorney a, quote, animal, and presumably others. Nobody is sure if the other posts included the attacks Trump made not four hours before the hearing began against Judge Juan Marchand himself, calling him, quote, highly partisan and, quote, an unfair disaster belonging to a family of, quote, well-known Trump haters, including, quote, his daughter who worked for Kamala and now the Biden-Harris campaign kangaroo court. Judge Marchand showing the kind of restraint that you and I and most of the planet's 8,025,853,000 other people would not, did not immediately impose a gag order, nor even a specific set of warnings against Trump and what he might say tonight or going forward. Marchand did warn both sides not to make any statement that incites violence and to tamp down the rhetoric. As to rhetoric, Alvin Bragg promptly gave a measured and quiet and even dull news conference. Trump canceled his reported plans to talk to the media on the way in and again on the way out of the courtroom. His attorneys, though, gave a bizarre and ill-fated news conference in the middle of the throng outside the courthouse as media outnumbered protesters and even passersby by perhaps 100 to 1. At this press conference, the new guy, Todd Blanche, had um, a problem um, about speaking um, in public um, without um, interrupting himself frequently with the um verbal crunch um. And I wondered if this was the best attorney of all the guys they considered, what kind of impression the other guys um left. Meanwhile, Joe Tacopina said that this was the day, quote, the rule of law died in this country as a spectator standing behind him held a mannequin's leg over Tacopina's head like this was a live revival of the movie A Christmas Story and Trump had just gotten a major award. Yet inside the court, everything was apparently businesslike, and while Trump may have tried to stare daggers at Judge Marchand through what had become his own slit-like bloodshot eyes, Trump evidently pleaded not guilty time and time again to charge after charge after charge. <laughs> Thank you.
Thank you, Nancy Faust. It is certain, though in what order no one can yet say, that Trump's lawyers, and how many of them there are, no one can also say, will move to dismiss the indictment, move to dismiss each charge in the indictment, move to have the judge recuse, move for a change of venue. Trump himself argued to go voluntarily to Staten Island, which indicates just how desperate he really is. If they cannot kill this thing before it starts, the trial will unfold in the midst of the heart of the presidential campaign. The trial would begin, per the court schedule, at the earliest next January. The next pretrial hearing isn't scheduled until December. The first Republican presidential primary debate will be in Milwaukee in August. We learned one other new thing at this hearing and with this filing, the star witness for the prosecution would not be the former Trump attorney, Michael Cohen. It would be former National Enquirer publisher David Pecker. It is Pecker who set up the process for which the prosecution alleges all 34 crimes were committed, starting at a meeting with Trump and Cohen in August 2015, moving on to a, quote, series of discussions among the three men in 2016 to suppress first the Karen McDougal story and then the Stormy Daniels case. And now we know the story of the doorman and the apparently apocryphal Trump love child. Then post-election was the meeting at which Trump personally thanked Pecker. And in the summer of 2017, he took Pecker to dinner to, quote, thank him for his help during the campaign. All of this, if it leads to Trump being convicted, invites the future headline, Pecker screws Trump. Believe it or not, all this has been the serious part of the day. The rest of the day descended quickly into farce upon farce. The protests, which Trump presumably envisioned would be a kind of litigation version of January 6th, instead turned out to have been so poorly planned and so poorly received that the star complainer fled without anybody in the crowd really knowing that she had been there. This is Marjorie Taylor Greene's speech as it would have been heard by the crowd assembled by the New York Young Republicans Club. After about 15 minutes of that, Barney Rubble left as quickly as she could in a white SUV, not a Bronco, and was interviewed live from the back seat by a performer from the Right Side News, RSN, named Brian Glenn. And if we didn't already know that Brian Glenn and Marjorie Taylor Greene are dating, we do now because the interview ended with him giving her a kiss on the cheek. So, okay. all right. Bye. Bye-bye. See ya. All right. In response, on behalf of a mortified world, I say, ew. There was an unexpected appearance at that protest, and again, each protester had his own supply of maybe 10, maybe 100 reporters. It was by the last person Trump would have presumably asked to attend, other than Stormy Daniels and the apocryphal Trump love child. It was Congressman George Santos. As he grandstanded for reporters, Santos apparently discovered that he is afraid of crowds. And after asking everybody to move back, he too quickly left the scene. The Trump campaign is now selling what it calls official mugshot T-shirts, even though it seems evident that no mugshot was taken, certainly no mugshot was released, certainly Trump's people would not do anything with a mugshot in which Trump's eyes looked like he hadn't slept in 24 days, tiny slits rimmed in red. Lastly, many observers noted that as Trump entered the courtroom, he experienced something he probably has not for years. Nobody opened the door open for him, nor held it open for him. On the other hand, in conclusion, I think the importance of this day, even if these charges were to get thrown out tomorrow morning, is that they opened a metaphorical door to all the other indictments. Fittingly, 
in terms of real news, in terms of other indictments, the first arraignment of a former president of the United States, only because Ford pardoned the guy who made him president, Nixon, the first arraignment of a former president of the United States was actually overshadowed by the third major story of the week from the world of the special counsel, Jack Smith, and it's only Tuesday. A federal appeals court in D.C. has rejected an emergency motion from Trump's lawyers to block key Trump aides from testifying to the special counsel's grand jury. In another series of up all night at the court, the lawyers filed late Monday night and the three-judge appeals panel ruled early Tuesday morning. It's sealed, so we don't know officially who is and isn't now without a way to get out of testifying to the special counsel grand jury, but putting together bits and pieces of the thing, it seems to cover Mark Meadows, Dan Scavino, Stephen Miller, Robert O'Brien, John Ratcliffe, and Ken Cuccinelli. That is a lot of testimony, and it all seems to pertain to that half of Smith's case, which seems to be lagging behind the other. Meadows and company would be coup witnesses, not Mar-a-Lago document witnesses, and we found out only Sunday that Smith has a paper trail at Mar-a-Lago, courtesy a Trump assistant who used to do his emailing for Trump and video of another assistant actually moving the boxes. And yesterday we learned that Smith will get the testimony from Trump's Florida Secret Service detail. That's the real story of Stormy Daniels' indictment palooza. It was, I think, clear even before the hearing began. After days and weeks of threats and insults and terroristic warnings, Trump inadvertently confessed on his social media site just how serious this all is, so serious that it has even pierced his own self-induced bubble of invincibility. At 1.22 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time, he wrote on his website, quote, heading to lower Manhattan, the courthouse seems so surreal. Wow, they are going to arrest me. Can't believe this is happening in America. To translate, Trump admits, and this is ultimately why today mattered. Trump admits that he has had the crap scared out of him. So that's the bulletin Trump news from Tuesday. The Wednesday call for his immediate incarceration next. This is Countdown. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details.
continuing the reprise of the Trump arrest coverage, which gives me a chance to catch my breath, literally. Here is the Wednesday morning podcast and the call for Judge Marchand to send him immediately to the big house. Trump's lawyers, Judge Merchan, do it now. Do it right now and tell them to put their client's fat ass on a plane and get it back to New York within six hours or you will jail their client and them for contempt of court. At roughly 2.45 Eastern yesterday, you told the defendant and the prosecutor, please refrain from making statements that are likely to incite violence or civil unrest. Do not use rhetoric that could jeopardize the rule of law. At roughly 8.45 Eastern time yesterday, the defendant incited violence and jeopardized the rule of law, and he attacked the district attorney, and he attacked the district attorney's wife, and he attacked you, Judge Merchan, and he attacked your family. And on behalf of the rule of law, and on behalf of civil peace in the United States of America, and on behalf of yourself and the DA and the inviolability of the courts, drag defendant Donald Trump back into your court today and hold him in contempt and then put him into a cell at Rikers Island. This is where we are right now. I have a Trump-hating judge with a Trump-hating wife and family whose daughter worked for Kamala Harris and now receives money from the Biden-Harris campaign and a lot of it. The criminal is the district attorney because he illegally leaked massive amounts of grand jury information. For which he should be prosecuted or at a minimum he should resign. And Alvin Bragg's wife confirmed a report that claimed her husband has Trump nailed on felonies. She has since locked down her Twitter account. What more does the defendant have to do, Judge Merchan? He already threatened death and destruction. He already reposted an article with a photo of him wielding a baseball bat next to a photo of the head of the district attorney. And yesterday... As you were warning him, but also as you were bending over backwards to protect his First Amendment rights, as you were saying those things to him, his idiot sons, Junior and Fredo, were doxing your own daughter on every social media site they could find. And if you don't put them under a gag order, what exactly does the rule of law mean in this country? What exactly is the point of having laws in this country? What exactly, Your Honor, is the point of having judges and district attorneys and cops if their words mean nothing and a psychotic narcissistic piece of shit criminal like donald trump can leave your courtroom and get on his private jet and go to his private club and pick up right where he left off not merely endangering you and your wife and your daughter and the da and his wife and everybody connected with law enforcement in new york and washington and america but endangering as you yourself phrased it the rule of law by, as you yourself also phrased it, making statements that are likely to incite violence or civil unrest. What more does Trump have to do? Pull out a gun on Fifth Avenue and shoot you? Or say something like that again? Or inspire one of his brainwashed, gun-fetishizing, hate-filled fascist mob to attack your daughter? Trump is in contempt of court right now. Jail him! He is, in fact, in contempt of America. He is always and will forever be in contempt of America. America means nothing to him. Your words mean nothing to him. The law means nothing to him. He will understand only punishment. Punish him. Judge Merchan, as you were warning him, as you were calmly, responsibly, even-handedly warning the defendant and the district attorney to avoid dangerous rhetoric. The defendant's sons were putting out your daughter's photo so she can be threatened and attacked 
and added to the list of the hundreds and hundreds of upstanding and honest Americans who have become the targets of the mob because its violent, depraved, despotic leader has made them the targets of the mob. At the very hour, Your Honor. And then they hid behind the argument that no, they weren't doing that. They had simply posted an interesting article about your daughter from a British newspaper. And it wasn't their fault that the article had her picture on the link. And anybody who says they posted her photo is lying. And, and, and the descendant of Nazis... Literally, one of the hacks defending Donald Trump Jr. doxing your daughter, Judge, by calling the reporter who called Jr. out a, quote, actual descendant of Nazi war criminals and heir to a Nazi fortune, unquote. That's where we are in this country right now, Judge Marchand. Hours after you bent over backwards to protect Donald Trump, the defendant, the vile creature who has already stochastically threatened your daughter twice since you warned him to tamp down the rhetoric. Put a gag order on Donald Trump Jr., Your Honor. Put a gag order on Eric Trump, Your Honor. Put a gag order on them and put their madman father in jail because your gesture of fairness and balance and integrity did nothing but to embolden these mentally defective bullies and the results were immediate and they do not just endanger you and your daughter and your family and Alvin Bragg and his family. They endanger America. Please refrain from making statements that are likely to incite violence or civil unrest. Six hours after you made those statements. And by the way, Your Honor, those statements were made not in the controlled environment of a courtroom, nor even in the one-dimensional world of social media. They were made live on national television in this country because we have laws about exactly where on the wave frequency Channel 13 somewhere can put out its signal, but there is not a damn thing, not one damn thing that can even begin to influence the billionaires who have just bought the nation's original all-news cable channel for the sole purpose of neutralizing its reality and corrupting it into another right-wing propaganda machine. CNN, Your Honor. CNN carried the entire goddamned Trump speech without warning, without editorial judgment. And Trump used them. Trump used the idiots who now own and run CNN, the fascists who have bought CNN to amplify the attack on you and on your daughter and on Alvin Bragg and on his wife and on America. Because having learned nothing from 2016 or 2020, CNN televised the entire hate-filled, narcissistic, paranoid speech by the defendant live. Not just the start through the first reference to Bragg and then showing clips of any Anything relevant, but saying we cannot show this live. God knows what he will say or what he will tell his idiot followers to do. But the whole thing was shown live. The entire catalog of Trump repeatedly and unsuccessfully trying to hammer in the last nail in self-crucifixion after self-crucifixion, literally going back as far as but her emails, but focusing on his newest targets. You and Alvin Bragg. It was unconscionable, unjournalistic, unforgivable, and as I have suggested here for months, Your Honor, part of the quest by the new ownership of that channel to show itself to the fascists, to tell them that if the fascists regain power in this country, they should let CNN live and keep making money. And also part of the quest by CNN's desperately failing in over his head, drowning president, a man named Chris Licht, to show himself to that new ownership and to beg that they not fire him and end forever his career of remarkably consistent mediocrity, manipulation and machination. A man who could not tell the moral difference between a fascist and an old fashioned 
And it's only too goddamned bad, Your Honor, that you can't issue a warning to Chris Licht that if a television channel, his or anybody else's, amplifies the hate speech of the defendant as he violates the orders of the court, your court, that the network can be held liable, that its president and owners can be held liable for the threat, the ever-mounting threat against the judges and the district attorneys and the families and the friends and the cops and anybody else who tries to thwart Donald Trump or tries to get Donald Trump to behave like a human or just tries to get Trump to not light this country ablaze. This cannot continue, Judge Merchan. This man will destroy this country, and he will not have to do as much as try to rise from his chair to do so. It will be done for him by proxies and servants and worshipers and the scum whom he has enabled to hate and pursue and attack. They will have destroyed America before any of us can do a goddamn thing about it. But you, judge, you can do something about it now. Maybe enough to stop it now. You told Trump what not to do, and he immediately did it again, as he always does it again and again and again on national television, in front of crowds, in front of mobs, in front of the simple-minded, in front of those who dream of killing other humans because they would think it was fun. Bring Trump back into your courtroom and scream at him for 30 minutes and then have the guards drag him to a cell for 24 hours or 48 hours or the rest of his goddamned life for all I care, because that is the only thing he will ever understand. And the only thing that the slime that follow him and emulate him and seek to be the sadist he is, that is the only thing they will ever understand. And if there had been a shadow of a doubt that this was true, it was erased last night. Your instructions went in one ear and out the other in less than six hours. Save this country, Judge Mershon. Donald Trump's contempt for you and for the rule of law is more than just the technical violation of a warning you gave him in court yesterday. It is the essence of his being. And Donald Trump's being is sick and evil and uncontrollable and left unpunished. It will destroy everyone and everything that is good about this country we call home. I've done all the damage I can do here. Thank you for listening. Here are the credits. Most of the music was arranged, produced, and performed by Brian Ray and John Philip Chanel. They are the Countdown Musical Directors. All orchestration and keyboards by John Philip Chanel. Guitars, bass, and drums by Brian Ray. Produced by TKO Brothers. Other Beethoven selections have been arranged and performed by the group No Horns Allowed. When we use it, the sports music is the Olbermann theme from ESPN2, and it was written by Mitch Warren Davis, and it appears courtesy of ESPN Incorporated. When we have them, musical comments are by Nancy Faust, the best baseball stadium organist ever. Our announcer today was Tony Kornheiser, and everything else is pretty much my fault. That's countdown for this, the 821st day since the defendant's first attempted coup against the democratically elected government of the United States. Don't forget to keep arresting him while we still can. The next scheduled countdown, and it will be a full one, is tomorrow. And until then, I'm Keith Olbermann. Good morning, good afternoon, good night, and good luck. Countdown with Keith Olbermann is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.